Welcome to the Exchange Podcast. I am your host, Floyd Boykin Jr. with my co-host, Tarina Roberts. And we're going to be talking to you again about relationships. That's what we like to do. So welcome to the Exchange Podcast. So today, we wanted to talk about a couple of different things today, but it's all connected. It's all connected. So the question of the day is why do we, and when I say we, I mean men and women, keep missing the mark? Serena, you want to talk about that? What, what, what do we mean by why, why do we keep missing the mark? What are we talking about? We're talking about why it is that we continue to find ourselves in relationships that are going nowhere, or at least aren't taking us the final destination that we have in mind. That's what I believe when we say, you know, um, why it is that we're missing the mark. It's about being in relationship with people who are ultimately not what we really want. You know, and and bouncing off of that, and also self-sabotage, I think we'll throw, throw that in there as well, because Sometimes you have like I have a conversation with a couple of my friends all the time about the overthinker, you know, and the overthinker who kind of um, when things are happening because based on whatever relationships and things they've been on, the unhealthy relationships they may have been on when somebody shows up that might actually be kind of cool. Certain things trigger the overthinker to kind of think about the worst they don't think about the positive think about the worst so i wouldn't mind touching on that too man so many things that would fall on this this missing the mark concept mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but like i you... don't know oh, i'm sorry i didn't mean to to interrupt you but you know before i lose my thought you know we, we we're, we're dealing with uh almost 50 year old minds here so when when thought comes she stopped doing that, that we don't, share you don't be putting that out there like that <laughs> You know, let's let's deal with the, the truth of the matter <laughs> of this thing. But um, I don't know that it's self-sabotage as much as it is that when you're not familiar with goodness, you don't necessarily know how to receive it. Case in point, I'll give you a, a good example of this. And I, I, I hope my significant other doesn't get me for sharing this story because he, he he doesn't like to, to tell these kinds of stories but we were in Target this weekend and we were getting my niece a birthday gift and we were standing in the aisle with these lol dolls and you know we're we're far removed from six-year-old toys uh and there was this woman in in the aisle with I think it was her, one was her daughter and the other one was her niece. And so we were asking them, you know, for their opinions about, and they were like eight, you know, which one of these dolls would be the best thing to get my niece. And as we stood there talking longer and longer and longer, we found out that it was the niece's birthday. So long story short, when he figured out which one of the dolls was the little girl's favorite, he found a reason to walk away 
and he came back with that doll purchased for her since it was her birthday. Mm -hmm. And the mother was so set aside that a person could be that kind to her. Like she, she, she really stood there with eyes fucked, mouth wide open, saying that was just so nice. You all didn't have to do that. Oh my God, that was just so nice. To the point we didn't went, you know, gave the gift, happy birthday, have a blessed day, went on about our business. And then she found us someplace else in the store and was like, I want to return the favor. And we were like, no, no, you don't have to do that. You know, that was our our little act of random act of kindness to, to you and to your niece. You don't have to do that. But you could just see that there was there was joy and there was gratitude, but at the same time, there was some discomfort there. And a lot of times in relationships, intimate relationships, when you get, when, when, when you've had so many bad ones and you get a good one, you just don't know what to do with it because it's so unfamiliar to you. So you do find yourself not necessarily overthinking, but just waiting for the ball to drop because you know that the ball is going to drop because it always has. So I just wanted to throw that out there that I don't I don't think that it's so much as self-sabotage is just, you know, this unfortunate um, situation where so many of us have just had so many bad experiences that, you know, there is no faith in a good one. Well, see, and see, to me, I still feel like that's self-sabotage to a degree, not 100%, but to a degree of that, when you're so used of getting the bad end of the stick or the bad relationship, and as you stated, you don't know what's good because you haven't had what's good. And then when something does come across that seems good, you look, not you personally, but people look for things that's not right because it might be going too mm-hmm. so well they're like okay something gotta be wrong why is this happening why this and you start looking for problems and then the mm-hmm. smallest problem becomes the big problems and that's why I say self-sabotage because you're so a person is so used to having bad relationships when something is good mm-hmm. coming up they don't they just know it doesn't feel like what the bad stuff was you know and they don't mm-hmm. sometimes they don't even think that they're worthy for this whatever that's going on something gotta be wrong so I call it self-sabotage. Self-sabotage, in my opinion, doesn't mean that it's conscious. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. It does, it's right. not a conscious right. thing all the time. And I just uh, mm-hmm. and and that's another thing about uh, connected to the overthinker thing or the or overthinking. Doesn't mean that they're trying to overthinker is not necessarily trying to destroy something, of course, or self-sabotage, but something doesn't compute for them and suddenly doesn't make sense so they're looking for all kind of things to try to figure out a person as opposed to just saying hey what did you mean by this and then when they give you the answer you will go ahead and accept the answer and leave it alone you know thinker doesn't do that but that also is connected about not knowing or having healthy relationships to compare things to you know right right and that's what I was going to say. It sometimes, and I guess um, that sabotage word just just feels um, it has such a, a negative connotation. And I guess that's why I was struggling mm-hmm. with it. But but you're 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 correct. And in, in in 
in the true definition of the word, that's exactly um, what's going on. But at the same, so for me, it's like, it, but it's a natural reaction. Mm-hmm. Once again, to your point that it's not conscious, you know, it's just this person's natural reaction to how, based on how they're used to functioning in relationships. So what do you do with that? Like, ha- have you ever been in, in a relationship with um, a woman that self-sabotaged? Like, you thought everything was cool and it, 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 it was until you, it, it got too good to her, then all of a sudden, you know, she jumps out of a trick bag on you. Yes. I'm glad I asked the question then (laughs) yes I've been in a relationship like that I've been in uh, actually a couple relationships like that where you know like I said they just didn't know what a good relationship was and they or or, you know and then I came along and being genuine you know one they asked you when because I was single for a little while the question is well why is she single gotta be something wrong with it you know and then they go into that concept and then they start experiencing things like a chivalry you know uh, mm-hmm. they start, we're afraid of that mm-hmm. oh very much so and you know you see a person <laughs> doing that you think you're up to something and it was like mm-hmm. okay we've been together we've been intimate we're doing this and that it ain't like I'm trying to get anything because we've done that already so if i'm doing mm-hmm. that and i'm being consistent with it how come you can't just accept the fact that that one you're worthy enough for a man to treat you as like the queen that you are you know and two why does it have to be difficult you know we, we, people make relationships difficult you how come you can't just mm-hmm. be like man this person treat me, treats me like I've never been treated before. I'm embracing that. We don't say that. We start mm. looking for something. Well, I wanna, I wanna, I don't have to end soon. You know, we start looking for something that's not gonna, you know, we don't believe it's gonna last. And I think that's once again goes back to not having healthy examples in our life to try to say, hey, this is a good man, this is a good woman. You need to embrace that and just run with it. You know what I'm saying? Don't look for anything negative. Well, like when we get deeper into relationships, like when you and I, we were talking about earlier about communication and this before we, you know, got onto the podcast, of course, but we were talking about when people are trying to communicate uh, and then the other person kind of downplays what you communicate or um, talk negatively about what you communicate and then the other person shuts down you know and then they're not communicating anymore and uh i think a lot of times we miss those patterns in relationships you know we don't i don't even know if the person who does it the person who shuts you down you know who causes you to shut down i don't even know if they realize that that's what happened you know right so so uh and not to put you on the spot and make this you know into the Floyd interview but I'm curious to know at what point in these relationships where the women seem to self-sabotage did you make the decision that it wasn't worth pursuing anymore and let me tell you why I asked the question I have another story for you now I'm, I'm full of stories. okay <laughs> so in in going from my marriage into the relationship that I, I'm in now um, 
night and day adjusting to having someone be very attentive and to your point chivalrous um and 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 giving who who understood what it meant to show you that you're special that was kind of like a surreal experience for me like i the, the, story that I'm I'm about to tell here is the, the first time that he um took me shopping and bought me something and I went into the bathroom and stood in the mirror with tears in my eyes literally real story and said to God I don't know what to do with this yes I know I'm supposed to say thank you at the least but what else am I supposed to do with this because that experience was so foreign to me and in in that in me saying thank you and because of my dis- discomfort there was a guardedness in my my um expression of gratitude that then kind of threw him off mm. and and i remember you know driving from the mall with this there was this awkward thing in the car and I didn't understand what it was I knew that it, it was something that I said or didn't say because that's when everything shifted um but we later talked about it and it actually literally boy for real took years for me to adjust into this space of being okay with being loved that way but he kept being vocal and communicating to me you know this i know you said thank you but something in it just didn't feel right and it wasn't until i kind of figured out what the didn't feel right was and and how to just kind of let go and let my guard down because this was okay this was good for me so that's why I'm asking the the question at what else happened in those situations that then caused you to make the decision to bow out in my 20s it took a long time to bow you know because you know, 20 I ain't known about it. It's like you see somebody, you're this fine woman, and you know, cool, you laugh, you do have some fun, but then you have all these things that are taking place that you're like, man, why does he keep, you know, pressing me on the on this issue and that issue? Where why does he always go negative when I'm trying to be positive? And you know, you have those type of things, and you just kind of ride it out until ultimately you to a place where both of you all at each other's throats and y'all just call it quit at the same time. We're done. You know, it's done. You know, mm. it's over. <laughs> you know, and then that's it. Right. And you know, but at my age right now, I buy out quickly because I could point. Mm. I know. I see it early on. You know, I yeah. see somebody who okay. who doesn't know how to communicate, or they are trying to uh, imply you don't know how to communicate. But they're not being, you know, straightforward with you. I'm. I can easily say, okay, well, see you later, peace. You know, we don't have to do this, you know, at all, because mm-hmm. I don't. I don't need that in my life right now. I. I see. Mm-hmm. I can see peace in a person pretty early on, and I also can see uh, the lack of peace in someone early on. You know, so 
Mm. Um, you know, when, when you're kind of in a deep relationship, sometimes those things don't come out to later. And once you're invested in something, you know, now you're trying to deal with it and trying to figure out how to deal with it. So, I mean, there's a couple scenarios, but if I find it, if I catch it early on, I'm out. Mm. Period. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're look, we're on the other side of life mm-hmm. right now. Yep. <laughs> so we don't, we, we really don't have, and life is short, it's very fragile. So we don't have a whole lot of time um, to be wasting. And you do, you know, at this point, you 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 do know what you want and what you you don't want. At least it's buried somewhere deep on the inside of you. It's just um, being courageous enough and bold enough to stand on that. You know, I, I think um, that we're sometimes afraid, men and women, afraid of being confident in our needs and wants you know and confident enough to to say and 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 again that's why I say courageous because the idea of um standing your ground in what you want and need sometimes you know makes you feel like well then I'm just going to be lonely because I'm that's never going to happen uh, and I'm here to say there's somebody for everybody. So, you know, keep the faith, people. Um, but, yeah, it's... So having a list, really knowing uh, what it is that you want from another person, and it and it has to start with you. Like, you have to first know what it is that you have to offer so that then you can sit down and make that list. And I encourage people to make a list have you ever sat down and made a list of what you want in your ideal mate I, I did I, I I did but you know what I no longer do that I no longer do you know why because my list got too long and then wait a minute oh, wait a minute hold on, wait let, a let minute, me let me let me what's it too long let list? me finish my thought hold on for a minute so <laughs> I was writing all this stuff I was just coming out with things you know that I wanted and once I started reading it I'm like nobody has it I don't, I don't even have this so what I decided to do is write down what I couldn't tolerate what I, what wasn't good for me what I didn't want and that list was a lot smarter, shorter and very direct so my list you know when Ooh. you're trying to put on this these are the things that I need and this and that which is not a bad idea is that sometimes we start writing a little bit more than um, that I think we need to have on a list for an individual that comes because what we think we want sometimes is not necessarily the best thing for us <laughs> so when you mark down what you do not want and what you will not tolerate it opens up the floodgates for different types of people that could come into your life that could be the right fit for you interesting interesting to focus on the negative yep versus the positive interesting so going back to your list got too long <laughs> i'm curious to know like what's it what's a too long list now, and then there's a you know again i have a story but no i i'm i'm, I'm curious because i've gone through this exercise with a, a for myself and with um a, a couple other people so i want to know like what 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 
what made your list too long? How many items did you have? And what was kind of some of the things that you had on there that seemed um, unrealistic? All right. So when I did this, I was younger, so don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no judgment here. I had 115 here. things on this list. And I just 115 things that I was just writing down what I wanted my woman to have and what I wanted her to, uh, you know, where mind to be and, and uh, fashion and, and uh, laughter and spirituality, you know, so not, so a lot of that stuff right there that I named. Now, those are cool things, but I start kind of nitpicking and I start like really, really getting detailed in this list. And when I went through that, I'm like, man, nobody gonna ever have all this stuff. Like what? Give me an example. I went from you know hands like soft hands to <laughs> um, the type of uh, the type of clothes that I would want them to wear. The the way they articulate things, um, educational background, which like some of those things are really cool. But when you start seeing them down like um, um, on paper, like I said, like uh, nice hands are nice hands, but I shouldn't be. Right now, how they nails should be doing, supposed to be looking, unless I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> you know, I can't tell them, like, I need her nails to be such and such and such and such. So she may not be that type of person to go get her nails done like that, you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. if I want that to happen, which I shouldn't be trying to create a woman out of this woman, if I meet a woman and she mm-hmm. and I'm interested in her, then I should be accepting her for who she is, not what I think I could create mm-hmm. her to be, which is the downfall mm-hmm. that I see and uh, unfortunately a lot of women and I would say that because I don't date guys so I only know the expression from the women <laughs> <laughs> so I'll see you know, women will see a guy with potential and think he's a good guy mm-hmm. but they next to see what they mm-hmm. can create him and mold him into which I think is very wrong and I think a lot of people miss the oh mark on that God. you know yes yes I, I want I want us to pause right there because that is probably, if we polled a hundred women, especially a hundred black women, right now, I bet you any money that would be, if not the number one thing we've done wrong, at least within the top three, that we choose for ourselves these men that have potential and I mean and I'm victim of did it guilty guilty not victim guilty of doing that and you are absolutely correct when you say that's wrong and now that um, I've had my own experience with that that's what I tell women you when you choose somebody and you say I want you in my life I want to share life with you then that means that you're choosing that person based on who he is in that moment. Mm -hmm. And if who he is in this moment, you can't see yourself being with two years, five years, 20 years down the line, then you shouldn't choose that person for you because it's unfair to Bring someone into your life, make them feel like you're accepting them from for who they are, and then try to mold, shape, and change them into who it is that you want them to be based on which what you believe their potential is. 
So you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And we spend so much time with these pet projects because that's what they end up being, you know, and it actually, we, we actually then uh, end up building in that man the very thing that we don't want. We, 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 that because that's an emasculating experience for right. a man to not be accepted for who he is, you know, and and the value that he sees in himself, you know, emasculation. I'm sure. I mean, I'm not a man, so you you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong, but I'm willing to bet money that that's probably one of the number one reasons that will send him. To someone else, to, to another woman, you know, to make him feel like a man, to make him feel valued, to make him feel needed, to make him feel wanted for who he is. Once you start that emasculation process, then open the door for infidelity. Would you? Would you agree? I with think that, that would or be no? a, a part of it, a strong part of it. Uh, okay. and, and I would okay. I would be even venture to say that that may be true with, with women who step out as well where there's something uh, there's a feeling that's not there you know that you can't get or you're not getting from your partner even if you express to them this is what I need to be loved or feel loved and they completely mm-hmm. ignore everything you say so it was like oh you know and then somebody comes along who you weren't necessarily trying to get with it just kind of Kind of nurtured in that where that person was paying more attention to you and then now you got maybe this emotional relationship going on you didn't even get physical with you know most people say emotional is going to be worse than a physical relationship and you connect with someone because they are nurturing something that you are not getting from that that relationship you know so i, I think mm-hmm. that does fall into play with that yeah absolutely absolutely i was trying to find this quote uh, that and I don't want to misquote it, but it was a quote I saw in a movie, something to the degree that men uh, marry um, the the woman that they think that they are right there. Like if I if I marry this woman, it's I'm marrying that woman right now, not who she could be. Where women marry men unto who they could be, or something like that. But you know the the gist of it is like. That's true because when we when we marry a woman and we meet that woman and we say we so in love, we're in love with that woman there, that woman right there. We're mm-hmm. not trying to, you know, most most cases I would say, not trying to create or Frankenstein this thing. We we're like, you know, this is who I'm in love with. I love this woman. You know, you know, and then you evolve mm-hmm. to something else, or you tell your representative to go take a hike and a new person come out. <laughs> Or the, you know, or, your, or the real person coming. <laughs> and then they'd be, oh, no, who is this? I mean, I've been in a situation where I didn't recognize the person I was dating. This was not a person that I, I signed up for. You know what I'm saying? I've been been there before, which I think all of us have been mm-hmm. in that situation or something similar to that, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, life changes you. And depending on the situations and circumstances that we're going through it kind of um, reinvents who who we are you know and you, you 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 grow and you change from all of your experiences the core of 
the person. You know, if you're a kind person, um, I think if if you're loving, yet down the road you can go through situations and circumstances that can harden you a little bit. But if that's who you are, true to your core, it just takes again the right person and the right situation and circumstances to to return you back to who you are naturally. Um, but that's that's why in the vows it says you know through sickness and health. I mean, we we just go through so much as individual human beings that you, you don't know who that complete person is until you've kind of exhausted um, many bad situations because it, it is through um, those adverse times of, you know, I can't quote that Martin Luther King quote, but um, based on the whole character thing, you know, that's when you're, you're, you're your character kind of shows and is shaped through tough times. So it's it's not, and and I think that's when men, because you all can kind of get comfortable. Because again, like you say, you you marry this this woman, whoever she was at the tender age of eighteen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's who you're marrying. Not understanding how being a mother and a wife is going to change her. And that's a huge thing. That balance of, you know, trying to maintain and and do and be who you need to be for children, for spouse and self. Oh, that's that that is such a um <laughs> it's far from a game mm-hmm. ball. You know, it's it, it's 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 definitely trying for women, and I think that's why when um, couples may have that first kid, and that man loses his spot, mm. and, and and getting all of that attention and all of that love, and you know, being the center of the world, then that shifts things because then she becomes aggravated with okay now you want me to do all this that and the third for you but I have this kid and even even when the man is helping out at the end of the day a man can't breastfeed so if 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 the the the, if I'm breastfeeding if that's the number one choice that we didn't made you know that that's how this baby is going to be fed you really can't help with that and I can't have you help with it when I'm home because of how that whole natural thing works with the child and the mother being present and them naturally wanting the breast over a bottle. And, you know, it's just things that women go through that men have a hard time adjusting to and it changes who we are and how we see ourselves, you know, and that becomes, you know, a dynamic in the relationship because you're still wanting me to be who I was prior to having this new life that we now have to take care of. And I'm no longer that person. I'm no, I'm as your wife, I'm not even who I was as your girlfriend because with being a wife comes with so much more responsibility as your girlfriend. I could come 
and see you on the weekend spend you know that whole 48 72 hours with you but then guess what Sunday come I'm going back to my house and my life and you going back to yours but when we become married and living under the same roof and seeing each other every day all day and now I have to cook for you and clean for you and pay bills with you and all of that I don't mind that 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 free mind that I used to be and as your girlfriend all of that energy and what I may not have as your wife because now I have more responsibility and more consideration and I think that is the piece that we women feel that men don't understand and that becomes that causes that that breakdown in relationships all right so i found that quote i was telling you about right actually i found two of them one is uh, mm-hmm. albert uh, um albert uh, einstein his quote was that men marry mm. women with the hope they will never change women marry men with the hope that yep. they will change uh, inevitably they are both disappointed that was that one but the yeah. one that I was looking for and I, I think I heard in the movie it was women marry men hoping they will change and they don't men marry women hoping they won't change and they do <laughs> you know and they do. when I read that yep. I was like oh I was like yep. it's so on point you know now I don't know how many men and women yeah. I, well, I know a lot of men would agree with it I would assume a lot of women would as well but that would be a great open discussion, man. We need to go ahead and uh, maybe uh, uh, yeah. set up some kind of forum where people can come and talk and we're in an open forum. You know why I'm hitting that, right? Without saying it, um, <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. we have an audience yes, and I have do. people come, and, you know, <laughs> right we're going to have to set that up. Um, now, for, for you mm-hmm. all who's listening, like, this is the last episode um, for season one of our podcast. That don't mean we ain't recording no more. That means this is the first season we did, you know, 18 episodes and we've had you all supporting us and we love it. And we're going to go into season two, you know, and we're just hoping to continue bringing you all the kind of things that you want to hear. And part of this particular uh, discussion about missing the mark, uh, uh, Tarina and I was talking earlier before the broadcast about people who are dating people they date, they're dating different people but it's the same person you know over and over and over and um, I want to tap on that for a little bit and then I know we're going to have to wrap it up because you know we can talk about this forever you know why do you think people do that you know what is it that we're missing or holding on to that we call ourselves you know we get into these different relationships or whatever but they're the same type of people what are we doing to attract you know because we're the, the common denominator in that one do that so what's going on that we keep attracting the same type of folks unhealed issues and traumas you know um, like if you have uh, an, an issue with trust and you haven't fully dealt with that with the source of it you know with the 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 who what when why and how that becomes mm-hmm. part of your baggage 
And what's in us is what transfers out into the universe. So if we have trust issues, for whatever reason, universe is going to bring us somebody. We're going to be attracted to someone who's going to give us trust issues. So how does someone know because that because healing is a very big thing. I always talk about healing and we have to heal yes. to move forward. And how does someone mm-hmm. know or recognize that they are actually healed? I mean, if well, we know that they first have to acknowledge what needs to be healed. But what do what has to happen for you to realize that you are actually healed? It shows up in your life. You know, you 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 walk different, you talk different, you think different, you do everything different when you have done the work to heal from those things that have you walking around with a guarded heart, a guarded and hardened heart. Okay. You know, you just show up different. You know, um, but it's getting to that place of knowing what you have to heal from first. You know, and that that just takes um, a lot of honest conversations with yourself and with the therapist. And then, you know, sometimes having honest conversations with um, those people who have hurt or harmed you. You know, whether it's to their face, whether it's a text message, whether it's an email, whether it's a a letter that you write and then burn, you know, you have to get that stuff out of your system. And when you get to the point to where you can do that, then that's how you know that you've reached a point of healing because you can, you can, you can see it and you can listen to it. Why do you think it's taken me so long to, to write this memoir book that I've been writing for the last, I don't know, what is it now? 12, 13 years? <laughs> you know, because it, it takes time to for you to get mm. back into that space of writing about things that you have healed from because it's, 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 it's not in your everyday, it's not on your surface. So you have to go and dig deep. But being able to see it, being able to put it out on paper, you know, that's cathartic and therapeutic in it in itself. So it's it's not so much for me, it's not so much as, you know, how do you know? Like you 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 can't answer that question until you've made the statement that I I got some exactly. shit I need to heal from. And and I'm willing to do the work because I'm seeing all of this showing up in my relationships, not just my romantic relationships, but just how I engage with people mm-hmm. in general. You know, you you I'm sure you have a few toxic coworkers that <laughs> you know on a on a on a daily basis. You're like, oh, she she or he needs to go sit on somebody's couch somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So I think before we can even attempt to say, what does that look like? You know, 
giving people the permission to first address the fact that they have stuff that they need to heal from and it's okay because we all do but if you really want this thing called love to work in your life and not just intimate you know all of our relationships with our friends with our family gotta be able to, to to do that work and start with saying you know i got some some stuff that i need to deal with and that i need to and and, and don't point, point the finger you know look at yourself because like i said once again you're the common denominator in this in these situations so it doesn't mean you're the fault or the blame but it does mean that there's something that you can do to assist your healing process and to one by acknowledging what you've done or had or did not do <laughs> you know and you can start working, moving forward to your healing process. And not doing anything about it is not a good thing. I, I always use the analogy that if you sweep dust under the rug, it is still there, plus it accumulates. So when you lift that rug up, it's a lot more there than what it was when you swept it under. So you gotta, um, you know, you gotta mm -hmm. be proactive and. and in your healing process it's a lot of unhealthy relationships out there but that doesn't have to be your story doesn't have to be your story at all you know do absolutely. what you need to do absolutely right. not anymore you know not anymore not at all it doesn't so, have to be no. um you know what i've enjoyed this conversation i mean we we, we touched on a lot of different things i mm -hmm. I, I, let, I wanted us to go over a little bit longer since this was the season finale you know what i'm saying i, I felt like we can you know give them a little <laughs> bit more you know, than what we typically would do, but we're really glad that um, everybody been supporting us on this and, and sharing it, especially that, that last broadcast mm -hmm. we did about what men and women really want. Um, if y'all haven't heard that, y'all gotta go back and check it out. You know what I'm saying? That sparked a lot of conversation, mm -hmm. a lot of inboxing, a lot of phone calls and texting, and that's what we want. So you just keep on supporting us and tell a friend, send links, uh, you know, do whatever you got to do to get your people to listen to us. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're, we're, we're here for you. Like I say, you know, I, I want everybody to experience a love that's good for them. We're all worthy and deserving of that. And we can have it. You know, it's just it just takes a little work, you know, and that's what we're here for. To, to empower you and encourage you and give you the permission to do whatever it is that is required for you to achieve. Because you are worthy of love. I want to end it like a piece. You know, you are worthy of love. That's that piece. <laughs> <laughs> so, yo, yo. So y'all, thanks That's for listening right. to us, man, uh, for listening to the Exchange Podcast. Y'all be kind, be respectful, and learn something amazing. Peace, and we see y'all in season two.